This should be played at high volume. Gerald Green to inbound. Harden trying to get free. Down to three, down to two. It's a three. Good! Good! He got it! James Harden, a flamethrower! Now Hood picks him up on the switch. Shot clock at five. Kevin Durant way outside. Delivers! Kevin Durant from downtown. It's a six-point game. Irving and Curry, one-on-one. Irving puts it up. It's good! Kyrie Irving from downtown! One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, Welcome to another edition of the Gray Area. I'm Ask Isaiah, Isaiah Rhodes, and I'm back with Frank Tier. Since the last time we recorded, so much has happened in the NBA. Centered around the Brooklyn Nets, the Houston Rockets, and everything in between. Also, so many, uh, so much has happened in the world, especially here in America, that uh, it definitely has shifted how teams are looking uh, at playing going forward and what type of impact they can make um, in response to these things. So, Frank. Thanks for coming back on. Last week, we had an insurrection. Um, We had a storming of the Capitol building in Washington, D.C. in response to the finalization of the electoral college votes that would have solidified President-elect Joe Biden as the official president of the United States. And Donald Trump supporters definitely weren't feeling that. And um, they took it to a space that I don't think many people anticipated. But... To be quite honest with you, um, I wouldn't say I was surprised considering everything that has happened in the previous four years since he's since he was elected president. So um, with all of that being said, it definitely affected everything in a domino effect in terms of how uh, the NBA responded and if players wanted to play or, or the thought of if they would play. Um, and then you throw this COVID spike into it. And now we're looking at teams being ravaged by COVID, players starting to wonder if they should be playing. And then you had others saying, uh, potentially could they protest in response to the insurrection? There was a lot going on coming into this week. And then we have some huge trades that, that went down uh, two days ago. And, and here we are. It was, it was the last, the last twelve or eleven or so days has been has been wild. Just in period, period, right? You mentioned um the insurrection, the coming of the Capitol. Um, we never saw that. We never thought that we've seen that. That we will see that happen, right? Especially um thinking about you in Washington, the the center of the U.S. defense. You would think that it would be a better garden than that. Then um who knows what what the next amount of players in the league. You saw you saw players um going in the back for introductions. You saw players taking the knee. So um of course the NBA is always um at the forefront of response to these these situations. Um but then um a storm a storm brood, right? Um that sparked perhaps on the allegations but Kyrie Irving not playing, which he hasn't played since then, right? Um and people think that that exacerbated the Nets going out and on making the deal for, for James Harden. 
So just a lot of different tying. Um, it was a wild week, and they'll have large implications on this NBA season and and the future season as well. Now you you mentioned Kyrie Irving and James Harden. Let's unpack that for a second. Now you mentioned the uh, any windows that maybe uh, Kyrie's response to the insurrection was to not play. Mm-hmm. Um, initially, when he um, when the team announced he wouldn't be playing, they said it was for personal reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, he didn't really give Steve Nash or the, or the uh, higher-ups in the organization any true explanation, so they went with personal reasons. Mm-hmm. And then it comes out that he was at a uh, birthday party for his sister and his father, and he was there dancing with no mask, which clearly violated the uh, NBA stringent protocols in regards to COVID-19. You're not supposed to be in a place with more than 10 people, especially with no mask. Uh, earlier in the season, we saw uh, James Harden and Houston Rockets under investigation for those same reasons. And Kyrie Irving now has been fined $50,000 and he's been forced to forfeit over $800,000 worth of game checks um, in response to that violation. So that's a pretty steep uh, fine and situation considering that. You mentioned the insurance policy to go get James Harden. Let's go to James Harden right now. James Harden, since the summertime, has told the Rockets he does not intend on remaining with the Rockets. He turned down a $100 million extension. Um, He quite frankly came in to camp out of shape. He wasn't intending on playing for the Rockets. With that said, he played a few games, showed that he was still James Harden considering being out of shape. He still was James Harden, but in the last four games or so for the Rockets, he's clearly been despondent. He hasn't mm-hmm. been uh, truly uh, inclusive with the team, and it's starting to show amongst his teammates. James, um, John Wall and Demarcus Cousins mentioned the disrespect and the uh, disconnect between players within the organization. They didn't outright call out James right away, but it definitely played it definitely played itself out on the court. And for the first time since 2012, since he was a Houston, since he was an Oklahoma City Thunder, James Harden had scored under 20 points in four consecutive games. So you can tell he wasn't really trying to give his all per se. And I think the straw that broke the camel's back with the blowout loss to Los Angeles Lakers. Um, and we saw LeBron James hitting three-point shots turning to the bench before it even went in. I mean, and right after the game, James Harden says the talent level on the team is just not good enough. They're not in the championship contention level. Um, And he outright said the situation in Houston can't be fixed. So that was the closest we've ever seen him outright saying that this is over. Yeah, I mean, you know what? Um, those statements are, I mean, to me, a bit odd. Um, I understand, right? So I feel, I feel, I feel a few different ways. Um. I think, of course, as members of the team, John Wall and the market Cousins can, can take it personal, right? Especially when he talks about the team's talent level. But to be honest, it was it really wasn't about them, right? It was more so about him and the Rockets, right? But we can understand why they, they take it personally. But I will say this: for him to say that the team, he, I actually don't know if how how much more talented Houston has been in the past, right? Um, I do think they have a really solid point guard who's who's Playing where he left off, right? We know that John Wall has had had issues with um, inconsistencies, right? Like sometimes he look like 
he seems like a top three point guard. Sometimes he doesn't, but I think he's had a fairly good season, all things considered. Um, the Marcus, you know, he's been hurt, but the 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 the, the dude Christian Woods um has has had a season. So Breakout season so far. I think that if James comes comes in shape, right? The, the Rockets finally have the Rockets have a big man again, right? I think that the the Rockets had a solid enough squad um, to be competitive. Um, surely as good or even more a little more talented than the Warriors are, and the Warriors are playing five hundred basketball. So um, I do think him mentioning talent was just him saying this is not worth it. I'm out of here. Um, however good or bad this team is, this isn't a team that is going to do what I want to do at this point in my career. I want to play for championships, and this team isn't a contender, right? So I think that was more of that, him saying it can't be fixed just yet. I'm out of here, right? And the next day, literally, right, or two days later, he's gone, right? So that's just a really instantaneous reaction um, to a player who was, who's clearly been interested in being there. You showed me the, the clip of the pass to John Wall. I'm like, dude, do you want to play ball? Like, like, right. And it didn't seem that way. And one thing about James, say what you want, He'll come in out of shape, won't play defense, but he, he's a hooper, right? Um, really durable, somebody who you can always count on being there, right? And going out and, and playing relatively hard, right? Um, running, running the, the score up, like really putting, putting on buckets. Someone who from 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 game one to game 82 is always engaged and always there, right? Um, and you just haven't, you mentioned the last four games, really uncharacteristic. Um, James doesn't have those type of games like consecutively. So you can tell it was more than just basketball and he went to leave and um he got his wish. He's in he, he's in Brooklyn now, right? So um that's that that's what we're here to talk about, um how that looks and, and as well as what's going on with Kyrie Irving. So now we spoke about the two day two days in between he's traded. Let's break down the trade. So the Rockets end up getting Victor Oladipo who mm-hmm. was traded uh who was traded from Indiana. The Rockets mm-hmm. get Victor Oladipo, Dante Exum, uh, Rodion's Karooks, three Brooklyn first-round picks in 2022, 2024, 2026, one Milwaukee first-round pick in 2022, unprotected, and four first-round swaps with Brooklyn in 2021, 2023, 2025, and 2027. The Pacers receive Caris LeVert, a second-round pick, and the Cavs get Jared Allen and Torian Prince. The Nets only get James Harden. So, quite frankly, they mortgage their entire future on a first battle Hall of Famer, who, to your point, is extremely durable, still one of the be- one of the best scorers currently and historically. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's there to compliment a player, quite frankly, who is one of the most efficient scorers we've ever seen, if not the most efficient. And while he is coming off of an Achilles injury, Kevin Durant has shown that he's back. So, to get that level of offensive firepower to come in and compliment Kevin Durant while you still have a third option in Kyrie Irving, potentially, the offense is there and they really solidified their space in the, in the East. I know prior we spoke about them being a potential dark horse. If Kevin Durant was healthy, he's proven that he's healthy enough to still put up his 27 efficiently. So, just looking at how the Nets went about going to get Harden and what they had to give up. What do you think about the deal? Um, so I think before the year started, people are talk, were talking about the Nets have two home run hitters and Kyrie 
and 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 and, and Kevin, of course, two guys who are um, really good scorers, but also extremely efficient, right? So I think you know that offensively they were tough on everything. We wondered about their depth and their defense, right? Um, so far their depth looked pretty cool, right? Um, Joe Harris um was good. Is a guy on um, TL TLC, I believe. TLC, yep. TLC, he he he's been good. Um, Caris Levert, who went down with injury, he's also solid. So I think they had enough depth, right? Enough players who who play hard and and who show up um in big games and big moments. And um, Jared Allen is is, is amongst the best perm from the interior defenders in the NBA, right? Um, DeAndre Jordan clearly isn't what he was as a Clipper. So I do think um they they gained James Harden, right? Um. Uh, first ballot Hall of Famers um, are, are, are indispensable, right? Um, so you do what you want to get him, but they gave up a lot. Um, they gave up a lot currently with 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 a really good defender um, in, in, in Korean, a, a good wing defender, and also they gave up their best interior and and perimeter defender, which is which we think may, could possibly hurt them, right? Um, for James Harden. So we'll see if they end up going really, really far. Then then we say it's, it's all worth it. But as of now, we do have to see. Um, what guys do to fill in to fill those voids? Um, Harris Levert is is a still still a relatively young player who who a lot of people like. Um, has really good guard skills. Um, he'll be on Indiana, a place where he can he can flourish as a first option potentially one or two with him and Miles Turner. Um, so I think they'll be fine. Victor Um Oladipo is a player who got hurt but was having a was having a looking like he's having a promising future. He finally um finally got to where people thought he, he would be when he was drafted pretty high. Um and now he 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 gets a, a fresh start. I I, I have seen rumors that he may not want to stay there. But for the Nets, um you ha- they have to go far. Like people are saying finals or busts. I I think yeah, I think they're a team that has to win the championship in the next two two or three years, right? Um and I'm not even sure if they have that long before they decide, hey, what happened here? You have you have what two top you have definitely one top five player, most likely the second best, or folks can argue the best, depending on on how you look at it. You have a guy who's in the five to seven, who's in the four to seven range, and James Harden. Then you have a, another guy who's in the top ten to twelve range. So if Kyrie comes back, this is a team who who has no excuse but to get it done. Now we know that there may be some issues on how they complement each other, right? Um, you do have one basketball. Um, Kyrie did leave the. The Cavaliers, because he didn't want to be a second, second, second to LeBron. Went to Boston where he was a guy. It didn't work out so well there. Now he came to Brooklyn where he, him and Kyrie, him and KD were one to punch. Well, he clearly isn't the second best player on this team. So you have to wonder um how his psyche is, right? Um, and do him and James, will him and James buy into possibly taking a back seat? Kevin will be Kevin regardless, right? Um, Kevin is amongst the most um, stop the most low maintenance stars um on court that we've seen right a player who doesn't need the ball in a lot to get rhythm he's really efficient he sometimes he has games where he had 30 points or 15 or 16 shots right um a really good shooter really good about the ball you actually it's something you actually said 10 years ago right when they were going in the first round with the lakers you was like of all the um elite scorers who couldn't really score the ball dribble shoot Kevin Durant comes off screens more than them, right? Um, and that's the thing. That's just um, I'm just telling to you understand that early in Kevin Durant's ability, right, to not need the ball and still be um, amazingly effective. So Kevin will be Kevin. Um, I think James is going to be James. Will Kyrie be Kyrie or will Kyrie even be there, right? Um, and if Boston has 
I mean, I'm sorry, and, and, and Brooklyn has a one-two punch and not a big three, are they still as potent? Are they, do folks still see them as, as the favorites? Um, is them losing before the final still a bust? I mean, I don't know. Um, so I, I, I do think you have teams in the East that, that can still contend with them. And before, um, I won't go too far, but um, I'll let you take over. Well, I want to touch on two things. Okay. The Cleveland point you made about LeBron, I think LeBron's star mm-hmm. can be overwhelming for anybody who is a bit insecure. You have to be comfortable in your mm-hmm. own skin to understand that while I'm on the floor with LeBron, mm-hmm. I contribute, mm-hmm. but off the floor, there's not going to be enough attention that can even compare to what LeBron gets. Mm-hmm. So I think with Kyrie being young at that time, he still had to prove who he was and establish himself in the league. It just so happens that at the at the at the point where he was ready to do it, LeBron decided he's coming back. Yep. So that kind of dampered his potential, not in his ability and what to how to perform, but just in how he was able to or how he would have got the attention. So I think that was more of the issue there and not feeling respected from the media to the level that he felt he should have been. Right or wrong. Then he goes to Boston, which to your point about being the guy. He was the guy, but it was so many different pieces that he had to balance while being the guy. He couldn't really flourish in the in the fashion that he might have wanted. And then the injuries started to happen. They went to the Eastern Conference Finals without him. Now it's putting un, now it's putting added pressure on him to perform at a level he he wasn't quite or wasn't or isn't quite ready for. Mm-hmm. Then he comes to Brooklyn and he showed in teaming up with Kevin, it's not necessarily being a second option, it's being a second option to LeBron. Yeah. Right? Because to your point about Kevin, he'll be the number one option forever, but he's mm-hmm. low maintenance. Mm-hmm. He'll allow he'll allow for players to play their game because he's not really worried about getting his. So Kyrie is comfortable enough to have those, which uh, with LeBron, it was the same way. He still got a 25 point season. He still had games where he scored 57 against the Spurs and you saw what he is. But I think just the attention of LeBron being there kind of threw him off psychologically. Mm -hmm. With Kevin, you don't have to worry about that. You'll get yours. He's going to get his. It's okay. The issue though, which I don't, I don't think many people really have tied this into just yet, is with James coming over there, he is a higher version of Kyrie. They're yep. both ball dominant players who can mm-hmm. create off the dribble, get their own shot. Um, James is a better playmaker for others, and being next to Mike D'Antoni again, who ha- people haven't really mentioned. That'll make it a lot easier from a comfortable standpoint. Jeff Green is over there. Kevin is over there. It'll tie into the whole uh, Oklahoma City Thunder days, too. Mm-hmm. But I just think that insurance policy of having James there just in case Kyrie goes off on a sabbatical or has mm-hmm. those moments where he isn't, you know, performing well. James is there. James will always be there. And you got Kevin. What I will say, though, about the depth, you mentioned – them potentially having Cavs LeVert, Spencer Dinwiddie before all of this. Spencer goes down with a t- partially torn ACL. 
Now Kavis is gone. A lot of attention will be placed on Jeff Green and Joe Harris to have to carry this bench. You also have, um, you also have, um, what's his name? Uh, dude from the Clippers. Landry? Yes. Yeah. You got Landry. He's supposed to be, he was supposed to be a better shooter on the Clippers. Have it, right? Yeah. He hasn't really, really grown into the catch and shoot shooter, catch and shoot shooter that he's supposed to be, but I'm guessing that maybe they feel he has the potential to be now with way more talent around him. Hopefully that's the case. But I think that the Nets have put themselves in position to be the front runner in the East. Your, your point about the, the formidable foes, Philly, Boston. Philly's been playing really, really good to start the season. Um, Doc Rivers has allowed for them to execute a lot better than when Brim Brown was there. Joel mm-hmm. Embiid's taking on the onus of being more aggressive, being more uh, dominant. Mm-hmm. Uh, ben Simmons is still Ben Simmons, all-around play, can't shoot, still great defensively, still a great playmaker. But I think the coaching aspect has really settled them down. You have Boston in the shadows, still with talent, still in that space we spoke about last time. They, they have potential, but they just have to figure out what they're missing. So I think with these question marks about these other teams, Brooklyn is still comfortable. Mm-hmm. The only time they'll be tested is when they play the Lakers, when they play the Clippers. Those are teams in the West that will challenge them defensively. They'll challenge them from an execution standpoint. And th- that's the spaces where we'll see whether Kyrie and James and Kevin can play together. How about the Bucks? To be quite honest with you, the Bucks got better, uh-huh. but their flaws are still the same flaws. Okay. As great as Giannis is, yeah. as confident as Middleton is as the second option, you got Drew Holiday, you got DJ Augustine, and they got better. I'm not saying they didn't get better. They definitely got better. But when it's on, in the moment of truth is there, and you need someone to close. Are you comfortable with Giannis closing? I think with the previous playoff failures that he's had, you still don't trust them. They're going to win a bunch of games in the regular season. Um, to be quite honest with you, this COVID uh, outbreak and everything that's happening, especially with the, with the season not happening in the bubble, it's definitely going to affect records because mm-hmm. you're going to have a lot of teams, like recently, who's been having to play with – a stripped down roster that's not their normal roster while players, you know, go through protocol and get healthy and things like that. So the records will be shifted. The teams that can stay the healthiest will have the best record. As you can see, the Lakers have not had any issues. Um, The Sixers had minor issues, but it was only for two games. They've continued to win. So the teams that have been able to bob and weave COVID for the uh, foreseeable future, those teams that will have, those will be teams that have the, the best record. Okay, for sure. Um, definitely, definitely agree with that. Um, yeah, in, in the East at, at this moment, um, I think that if things work out at least decently, I think the Nets should probably be the favorite, all right? Um, in the East, um, we 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 I think we do have to spend a little more time on on, on Kyrie, right? Because um, this is so um, 
we're definitely empathetic of players going through um whatever they're going through um from a mental health aspect, right? We know it's, it's a serious matter. It's something that that probably wasn't stressed enough um in the past, right? So definitely hope hope we do the right in regard to that. However, um this does seem like this does seem like like a pattern, right? Um we we haven't seen this before, but there are talks of him not talking to teammates during practice and in the playoffs and things of that nature. Right. Um, so this does seem like a continuation um, um, of that. And also um, to, to, to tell teammates to not tell culture staff, to not tell management, to be, to be seen at a party dancing, to be on a call with the, um, with the candidate for Manhattan DA, those things just don't, don't, don't look good. Right. And, and, and they, they speak to, they speak to um, just a, a, a gross neglect of, of, of respect for your organization, right. Regardless of what you're going for of what you what you're going through so um we do have to wonder is he does he want to play basketball um like he says he does still right um and the Nets have to worry about him playing playing games and then him chilling out again right because one thing that they their success initially was built on okay how fast how fast do they gel together um how fast do they gel together um, and 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 if and if they can get the chemistry going, um, as of now they haven't been able to get chemistry. I'm pretty sure that Kevin Durant has played more games than he would have liked to because Kyrie hasn't hasn't been there. Oh, uh, it's two it's twofold in a lot of ways. The mercurial nature with which Kyrie has over the last couple of years, it's been known. But he's such a great talent that teams have been willing to give him that benefit of the doubt. Um, we saw the locker room situation in Boston and how that really imploded and really came on his shoulders. He took a lot of the criticisms for that. And then when they get Kyrie, it's really a trade-off point guard for point guard. They just wanted a different leadership style. Kyrie going with Kevin gives him that shield again because whether people question if Kevin is the leader of certain teams or whatever, teams know he is the he's been capable of being the face of franchises before and him being able to perform at the high level that he's been able to has really settled a lot of things down with that said though you still needed Kyrie to be there in case Kevin wasn't nobody knew how good Kevin would be Mm -hmm. so for him to take this time off extended time off without really giving the team explanation, explanation, it really plays itself into who he's been mm-hmm. to some capacity. I think the issue now is that he's not a young point guard anymore. He's a veteran. This is year 10. Um, at, at what point At what point is he going to be held accountable for some of these decisions? Mm-hmm. Um, to his credit and, you know, luck of the draw, He's really accomplished a lot, despite yeah. not being as durable as you would expect. He is a champion. Mm-hmm. He's been a six-time All-Star. He's mm-hmm. made two All-NBA, so he's shown who he is when healthy. But last year, he played 20 games. They gave him a grace period. It wasn't Kevin. Uh, DeAndre Jordan was in and out the lineup. Everybody got a grace period till Kevin came back. Now he's mm-hmm. back, and the Nets have proven that they can play. They, they haven't been on long winning streaks, but their high-powered offense. Kevin is back. Steve Nash has a good feel for what needs to be done, so Mm -hmm. it hasn't really been any back and forth in that regard. And now, 
with the potential to get James Harden, eventually they got him. They were talking about if Kyrie wanted to play with James, if he felt he could, you know, coexist with James. Uh, reports are to the contrary. Um, Sean Marks with James says Kyrie is excited. Mm-hmm. He's anticipating if he passes his COVID test and everything comes back negative, he'll play Saturday. But it's like, you're supposed to be stable right now. Mm-hmm. They shouldn't have to worry about Kevin and Kyrie and you're throwing a wrench in the game and, and that what if is in the air. Now they need, they need someone that's no matter what going to beat it. You can say, yeah. Like you said earlier, you can say what you want about James, but James is going to beat it. Mm-hmm. James is going to beat it. I think it works best if James is James for the 82 games or 72. He's going to be there for the majority of the season. You got Kevin with the efficiency. Where Kyrie is going to come in is he's going to be that dog. I say that in a positive way. He's going to be that dog that can make up for when James has his moments. We all know that as good as James is in the regular season, there's been times in the postseason where he just has not come up to the challenge. Mm -hmm. Uh, Multiple games of two for 16, multiple games where he's been despondent under pressure, multiple games where he's been expected to finish and he has not. Mm -hmm. Um, Kyrie, despite what you say about him, what many might say about him, when he's put in that spotlight, he performs. He just has to be put in the spotlight. Yeah. Right. So I think that's the best that's the best bouncing act that they can have. Um, The pecking order will be established once they're on the floor. To your point about the bench, I think they'll have to fill in those last three three roster spots with players coming off the waivers that are experienced, Mm -hmm. that understand playoff basketball, and that know how to play with immense talent. Because this is a big locker room with huge personalities and when you have an inexperienced coach like Steve Nash, who's just getting his feet wet, I know he has a good coaching staff. You got Mike D'Antoni there with you as your backbone. You'll be okay. But he's the face of that coaching staff. He has to be able to manage the ego and put a product out there that can perform under all circumstances. Do they go on and get somebody like a Mike Beasley? I mean, I feel like in that regard, that's too much talent. You got to get players that for for this for, that are able to do the sacrifice things okay you understand what i'm saying and that's why when we look at matchups we haven't spoken about the lakers and how they matched up mm-hmm. how they match up with the nets right now on paper the nets have the the firepower but yeah. i think in terms of balance and how the teams coexist mm-hmm. i think the lakers are still the best team mm-hmm. while lebron and ad are comfortable with each other they already have proven they know how to win together now that second year together only breeds more confidence and yep. you have players still on the roster that are champions. And then the added players that they added in the offseason have come in and have adjusted seamlessly to what's going on. Definitely. So mm-hmm. that part of it is why I still have the Lakers as the best team. Mm-hmm. You probably put the Nets at two, but that's relative to being on paper also. We have to yep. see them play sure. and we have to see how they respond to being tested against the great teams. Yeah, um, I, I definitely agree. Um, this could be either really scary or they could, or they could crash and burn, right? Um, right. So, 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 so I guess time will tell um, which one is which. Um, also, continuity will be really important. So Kyrie has to get back to the, floor, to the on the floor if he plans on being a part of this. So. Now, you mentioned uh, 
championship or bust mm-hmm. uh, reality, right? Yeah. And you gave them a two to three years. Yeah. I feel like they have to win this year for it to be mm-hmm. a success. Okay. Um, I know you. I know you said you know go to the finals, but I think considering the considering the talent that's there, yeah. you got two MVPs. You got Kyrie Irving who played at the championship level before he's a champion, um, and you got James Harden who's prolific scorer. The expectations are so high for those particular players and how everything has uh, came to fruition. They don't have any leeway to lose. No. They can't lose. Um, wh- will they lose? The potential to lose anytime you lace them up, anything can happen. So, no. but I, I feel like for this particular group, they can't, they, they can't lose this year and then come back. You get what I'm saying? Look yeah. at the Clippers. Because one thing I'll say about the Clippers is that they had all the momentum last year. They were the prohibited favorites, especially mm-hmm. with Kawhi coming off the championship, final MVP. Now he has Paul George. You're thinking, oh, Paul George, Kawhi, with that with that defense, you got the dogs and Montrez and Pat, uh, Pat Bev, Lou Will, mm-hmm. coaching staff, right? They're coasting the whole regular season. And then they lose. Now, coming to this year, their whole aura is missing. They got to reprove themselves. And I don't know, to your point, if this particular group can handle losing and coming back and and winning. Like, when Miami, when Miami lost in mm-hmm. 2011, they kept the group together. They came back and won two. All, mm-hmm. was, right in the, all was right in the world. Mm-hmm. But with this group, you already mentioned Kyrie's mercurial nature. Kevin, wow. To me, all he has to do to prove he's back is play a whole season. Yeah. If the Nets get to the finals, he he'll hit. They won't. They won't necessarily, you know, quiet the whispers of oh he can't lead a chip team by himself or mm-hmm. or as the outright leader. But I will say to come back from the Achilles and and do that, that is a chip on his shoulder that nobody could take away. But I will say though. James hasn't won. No. James is James has never been to the finals as the man, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And now you coming into the Nets in the fashion that you did, and you lose. They're yeah. gonna they're gonna kill them. Yeah. They're gonna kill them. They gotta win. They gotta win, or if they do lose, they gotta be a knockdown, drag out, seven game war with the Lakers. Okay, that's the only that's the only way they're gonna get respect if they lose. But I feel like for them to make it all right especially with what they had to give up to get James, they mm-hmm. got to win. And is that is that realistic? Probably not. I mean, it's a human element to this thing. Mm-hmm. Continuity, building chemistry, mm-hmm. all those things are all true. But nobody wants to hear that. Mm-hmm. It's all about it's all about 2K right now. They got the lineups ready. They're ready to put them out there and play right now. And they also put the balls on their back, right? Especially... Um, Kyrie talking the way he was talking in the summertime, right? We, we can get back on there. Him missing games and James acting out for out the way the way that he wanted. They set the stage to be to be critiqued, and that's just the nature of sports. So. Right, right. So, um, that part of it is is definitely gonna be a challenge. Um, if if Kyrie Irving can come come in and play a Clay Thompson type role, where you don't know what day he's going to go off, but when he goes off, you know he's there. 
Mm-hmm. If he could play it like that, then this is going to be all good. Because Kevin and Kevin and James are going to be Kevin and James. Mm-hmm. That's just that's just the reality of it. So this big three is going to be different from many big threes before because of every everybody talking about the style of play, but also the positions. This is mm-hmm. three. This is three perimeter players. Oh, it's essentially, yeah. Right. Three perimeter players that need the ball to, yeah. to be Kevin, not so much, but definitely James and Kyrie to do what they do. When yeah. you had the Warriors matchup, Kevin is a seven foot guard, so he could play different spaces and still allow Steph and Kyrie, <laughs> Steph and Clay to be the shooters that they are. Mm-hmm. They have free reign to do what they do. I'll find my 27 somewhere else. Mm-hmm. James is not the same James that he was on OKC. Yeah, not he, played a lot, he played a lot more off the ball. He had a he had a whole different game that then he became mm-hmm. the man. Once you become the man, that 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 clock in your head to do what you do is a lot right. different than oh I could wait. You know what I mean? Come on. Yep. Right. So that part of it is also different too. The Miami Big Three, Chris Bosch had to sacrifice, but he was the big. You had D Wade yeah. and LeBron to do what they do. Kevin Love, and- Kyrie. Yeah. Kevin Love is the big yo. Going to go go over there. Do we, let us do what we do. The other day, I forget his name, but the dude on um, first thing first is it Wild? I believe. I'm not quite sure. Um, the dude, he's like, well, Chris Bosh had to, you know, had to sacrifice. Chris Bosh was 24 and 11 in Miami. Then he goes to, I'm like, all right, stop. He was 24 and 11 for one year, but th- that's not his numbers for Toronto. All right. So also, I think folks are able to differentiate between between first guys and people who put up really good numbers on, on teams that aren't great. Chris Bosch was never first guy, right? Maybe second guy, maybe not, right? But definitely not first guy, right? Um, and also, not as prolific as any of the three players that we know now. Chris Bosch had, had zero in the finals game, right? Um, in Kyrie's head, in Kyrie's head, there's not many players better than him, probably, right? He's like, I can play with anyone. So I really don't know. Um, I think I think you raised a good point with the Clay Thompson thing. With Kyrie's like, Clay can't do, well, I can do this basketball. So nah, like like do I want to wait my turn? Nah, like this is mine. Like and honestly, I think Kyrie's more like wait. I I orchestrated this whole Brooklyn Nets thing, right? So why well, look like playing back playing the third row now? So I I don't know. Um, I I hope it works out okay, but I can't see someone who was taking more shots than. Kyrie's taking more shots than Kevin Durant right now. He averaged more shots. Well, he was before he went out, right? Um, he, he probably said that KD is a, is a is a is a low volume shoot, low volume shot attempts, high scorer, right? Um, but how do you expect Kyrie to go from the most shots to the third to to, to, to third most? That's but just... this is my this was also a question too that we that we spoke about off the air. What was the expectations of Kyrie scoring wise for the entire season? I know it's seven games, he's averaging 27, mm-hmm. but once Kevin got in that groove, yeah. is Kyrie going to sustain that 27? Like, what was your thoughts on what Kyrie could have been before James? Uh, I think he was looking at 25 to 27 either way, right? Um, I think his shots, he's looking at 18 to 20 shots. He's a 47 plus guy for his career. 
you know, the game works differently now, um, right? So I, I think he was 25 to 27 either way, right? Just based off the volume, the, the amount of threes he shoots, I think he's looking at that anyway. And Kevin also doesn't mind someone taking more shots, right? So I do think Kyrie's numbers, while um while the, the while the first seven to 10 games aren't indicative of what happens, I do think he would have hovered around to at least 25, right? Um, at least 25 and probably 17 to 20 shots per game. Um, now you guys, those shots gotta gotta drop, right? Because we are looking at guys, two guys who average close to twenty for their career. Um, so um, I've never seen a team with people taking shots again. So I mean, could be the first time ever, but I don't know. With James there now, yeah. Kevin obviously still coming back from the Achilles. Does he take a backseat to James in the fashion that he would to? Uh, Russell Westbrook or Kyrie at at this stage, or even even uh, uh, Steph for the regular season at least, is he allowing James to take the reins in that way? It's possible, right? But um, Kevin Durant, while he's back, he's still very much so coming back, right? Um, I think touches and getting comfortable and getting in that groove throughout the course of the season is really important, right? Um, he missed. He's like, I missed too much basketball to sacrifice now. Like, I gotta let all this, all this. Or this aggression and yearning out. So um, I don't know. Um, that may be the most um, um, diplomatic thing to do, but it it the best because he's still like he's still in his recovery mode, right? Like, all right, seventeen game, I'm looking good. I think I see if if, if I can go the, the 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 tally of a season, hold the fourth throttle. And yes, um, he doesn't have to be as great because now he he has some bona fide help. I do I I. I I do believe that he still wants to get in the groove and I can I can still carry this, but I can still be that guy. And I'm not sure if that's really a problem in terms of the ego. That's just you know what it's like. I miss a lot of basketball. Um I, I still I still get my reps, right? Um I'm 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 still coming I'm still very much coming back into my own. So um although he seems he 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 very much seems to be back. So um yeah, I see. Um how I look. Um I do think they have some egos to manage, right? Um and just um one one close to final point, right? Remember a few years ago, Kevin was like talking about this, this, the media circuit that LeBron creates, right? Um, how much different is that whatever he said LeBron creates to what's happening with Kyrie now? Um, it's different, right? Because LeBron is, of course, the megastar, right? But um, the atmosphere of, of, of having a, the microscope on you has been, has been heightened because your man don't, don't, don't want don't to play the game. I don't think LeBron bought um, as much negative press to teams. Perhaps there was the situation with the, the Lakers the first year, right, in the trade rooms, right? But um, that was that was more so of that was more so of the team, right? This is happening because what Kyrie Irving is doing, right? So I, I do think, though, to to counter that, I think the last Cleveland run, yeah, plus that first year of the Lakers, yeah, added a added. A bit of dysfunction centered around LeBron in some capacity. Okay. Whether whether it be when he had his two weeks sabbatical, uh-huh. uh, the issues with David Blatt, okay. um, the 2016 up and down with yeah. Ty Lue coming in, and uh-huh. then you know everything would always be up and down during the regular season, and they get right there in the Eastern Conference section of the playoffs. And then in the finals, you like what happened? Because yeah. in the in the first three rounds, 
every time the Cavs perform so well, everybody's coming out of the Woolworth performing yeah. like, oh, this is a new weapon. This is a new caveat to the team we didn't see before. Then you get to the finals and there's none of that. Yeah. So it all came crashing down and mm-hmm. that was always centered around LeBron. Whether okay. right whether right or wrong. So I think the last five years prior to last year was, you know, up and down centered around LeBron. Okay. The, the negative connotations that came with Kyrie were all valid because none of those teams won. Yeah. At least with LeBron, you knew eventually, yeah, we're going to go through this, but when it's time to write the ship, we're going to get yeah, it together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Right. So with Kyrie added to this situation, it almost looks like his level of dysfunction brings the team down. Yep. But now that Kevin is performing, he's averaging 29 points a game, shooting 54%. Amazing. You're like, all right, we got a guy that's good enough to keep things going while he goes through what he goes through. Mm-hmm. And we'll, when he comes back around, we're going to put him in, insulate him again, and it's all good. That's what used to happen with LeBron. At least mm-hmm. the rumors used to say. Kyrie would go through what he's going through with his moods. But when it was time to perform, we bring him back in. It's all good. Do that, yeah. So now that James is there, I think this recent Houston thing, you know, with everything coming out about how the culture was and stuff like that, I think that's just more so coming out because he wanted to get traded. Mm-hmm. When Daryl Morey was there, we never heard none of it. We never heard mm-hmm. any of these things. So mm-hmm. I think that was just more so about the fact that he was trying to get traded mm-hmm. and it all came to a, to a head. But I think mm-hmm. on a day-to-day perspective, if James is happy, he's a good player. Like sure. Omar. So... It, it, it shouldn't be too bad, but I will say we won't know until they start losing. For sure. We won't know until they start losing and how they lose. Mm-hmm. You know, if they go on 10-game winning streaks and lose a, lose a game or two here and there, it ain't going to hurt them. But if they're winning all these games and then they come up against the Bucks or the Celtics or the Sixers or the Lakers or the Clippers and they lose all those real games, mm-hmm. the high-profile games, then yeah. that's when we're going to start seeing the, the rumble. Definitely. But again, man, great conversation. Sure. Um, we're gonna have a lot more this a lot more coming up, especially as we see if this regular season can get finished. Yeah. Um there's potential that you know we might see a bubble coming in sooner rather than later with these with these mm-hmm. cases, man. You got yeah. the Washington Wizards who have been ravaged by their uh their roster has been ravaged by COVID. They have five plus players uh, testing positive. So all their games most recently have been postponed. The Celtics games has been postponed. I mean, every other day now you're seeing teams having to postpone games extended periods of time while their teams get right with this COVID protocol. So we definitely going to be on the, on, on the horn sooner, sooner rather than later just to break down what's going on and if it actually can get to uh, postseason play. For sure. Um, I, I hope so, but I do think we'll see a bubble pretty sooner than we expected mm. yeah well we'll have to see man frank thank you for coming on chopping it up this is the great area i'm ask isaiah isaiah Rhodes. frank where can they find you find me on ig at enakazinak and find me on twitter and the same thing facebook full name frank said no doubt this is ask isaiah isaiah Rhodes, the great area podcast you can follow it on instagram follow me on instagram at ask isaiah and follow me on Twitter at Ask Isaiah. Thank you for tuning in. We'll be back with more. Peace.